uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and uh, friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps. Hello, patron peeps. Uh, what's up? Uh, you, you, oh, can you get you anything? Sure. There you go. Uh, how about a bed, how about a bedtime story to go with that? Uh, you know, it's a bedtime story you make possible. So, uh, what do you say we get on with the show? Hey everybody, it's Scoots, and I know this is not an easy time for anybody. This episode was recorded a few months ago, so I just wanted to let you know that and to let you know to check our show notes for resources, because the podcast is here to put you to sleep, but there's more resources in our show notes if you're, if you're needing more. Uh, please, please use those links. You're, you're really important to me, so please use them. Thank you so much. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place uh, beside, uh, safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. It's, uh, you know, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, like stuff you're thinking of, like what is this guy talking about or what what happened? Scoot's uh, got a little early mix up there. So thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, it could be emotions, uh, it could be about, you know, it could be past, present, or future related. Uh, physical sensations, anything going on with your body. Uh, whatever it is, changes in schedule, travel, partners, uh, whatever is keeping you awake, I'd like to help with that. And what I'm going to do is I have this beautiful safe place. Uh, oh, no, Monday, beautiful or mundane safe place is set aside. Oh, yeah. What, oh, what's your favorite kind of architecture? Okay, well, it, this is influenced by that, believe it or not, this safe place. Uh, Totally influenced by that air. Oh, it's not an air, it's a style. Well, it was vaguely in- influenced by that. Uh, and it's both, you're right, it's both mundane. It was the one where you, it's, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's it's totally like that. I keep getting the word parson put in there, and I don't know why that's coming in. It doesn't have anything to do with the style of the safe place. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I, mean, I got a safe place set aside for you, plenty of room, plenty of privacy, or, you know, there's communal areas and private areas. That's what makes it a safe place. And it's very, ma- ma- it's it's solid and malleable, of course. Uh, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing creaky dulcet tones, uh, pointless and rustified meanders, uh, superfluous tangents. You might say, Scoots, what is a superfluous tangent? And I'd say, well, sometimes you say, could, could this use one more tangent? And then I say, what's that tangent over there? And you say, well, are you going to put the extra tangents into the stone soup? And I'd say, well, how about I carry the stone soup? I think I, I'm going to do carry the stone soup. Uh, that's my thing is I carry it, it mixes it a bit, uh, and I'm just going to take it on an extra, I'm just going to go 400 steps, uh, like in this, in this, down this path. I don't know where the path goes, but I'll probably be back in 400 steps or, uh, some number of steps eventually. I realize that you don't feel like the soup needs that, uh, oh, wait, it's a metaphor. Stone soup's a metaphor. Holy mackerel. So I'm just walking, you just lightened my load because uh, I'm walking around with a metaphor inside a metaphor. It's like walking around with a cloud. Holy mackerel. And you know what it makes me think of is another, like I'm trying to think of another superfluous tangent that I could come up up with there within that. uh, You know, because I think about superfluous makes me think of superfluous. which would be a nonsensical word version of superfluous, but it's pretty nice on the ears. And another thing you could say to help you relax or during the day, an inside joke for yourself, you say, superfluous. Uh, okay, and then you say, Scoots, could you s- spell that for me? Superfluous. Okay, let me try to spell super superfluous, right? Super, S-U-P-E-R, 
superfluous. Uh, it's probably harder than it looks in my brain, and it looks like a spaghetti al dente. Let's just say it's F-L-O-U-S or something. Superfluous. Zuberfluous. Oh, I changed the word already. Zuberfluous. Uh, Zuber. Z-U-B-E-R. Zuberv. Zuberv. Maybe it needs an I. A v. Well, let's just let's just uh, decide to work. Let's just say it's a word without spelling. Uh, Zuberfluous. Uh, okay, but this is the script selling. Oh, I thought this was sell. That was my book I'm working on. Selling to the script spelling bee. Uh, inventing words to be spelled. Uh, my lifetime's work. Uh, also, also the original title Zuberfluous. Uh, or superfluous, or superfluous. Oh, oh, uh, sorry. That was that was a there was an accidental superfluous tangent in there because usually I try to bring it back for new listeners. Superfluous tangents, basically, a whole lot of nonsense. And what it is is, if you're new, I'm glad you're here. This is a podcast to take your mind off of stuff to keep you company. As you fall asleep or, you know, if you're using repurposing this podcast as you study or chill or try to relax, you know, or just, you know, like just to just to take your mind off stuff and keep you company, basically. And what if you're new uh, again, I'm glad you're here. If you're skeptical, why wouldn't you be? I mean, here I am. uh Maybe I'll stock it. Remember there was pants in the, I think it was in the 90s, maybe. They were called Zuba pants. Uh, I'm not sure if they were the same pants that were like um, zebra pants, but NFL teams and NFL team colors, or if there was something else. Uh, but I remember there was these things called Zuba pants. I really don't know anything more other than I loved that name. Uh, I think they were the, the 90s version of dad jeans. You'd say, what what is a... What does a suburbanite dude wear on the weekends uh, when they're sporting around and saying, Hey, Sporto, what are you doing later? Grilling after I mow the lawn, uh, uh, Sporto. Oh, yeah? What are you wearing? Oh, Sporto. This has already devolved into another superfluous tangent. Uh, you know, I'm wearing those Zuba pants you gave me. Oh, that's right. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. Enjoy the mowing of the lawn and the um, sporting around. Okay. Oh, Zuba pants. What was I talking? Okay. So this podcast is nonsensical. I honestly have no idea where those Zuba pants came from, honey. It wasn't Sporto that gave them to me. I think you did. You've always been, uh, you've always felt strongly about the pants my friends give me. These are the pants I love, uh. I just love sitting around in my Zuba pants. And I just actually, I just like saying Zuba pants. And I'll have to Google it later to know what they even are. But what Scoots was saying was that uh, he's glad the new listeners are here. He's there to try to help them. Uh, oh, it was so structurally what to expect. It's a little late for that, uh, but I'm still set it up for you. Put you at ease. Uh, show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we're able to keep the podcast uh, free. You know, podcast that takes hundreds and hundreds of hours every month uh, to craft. We're able to keep it free instead of behind a paywall. And you say, really, you craft this thing? I say, yep, believe it or not, I'm only laughing because I, I know you're laughing and because it's true. But so, and because it's ridiculously true. Uh, but so, oh, so there's business, then there's an intro. And for some new listeners, the intro can kind of throw you off. Uh, it's kind of just like, like, I don't even know what it is. It's, it's a little bit like recess at the start of, you say, okay, so you start your podcast out and then you have recess. And I say, well, a recessing is sensibility uh, where you could wind down or like at recess, I guess for kids, they run around. It's the opposite for kids, but like, uh, so where you can unwind and ease into bedtime. So the intros where I try to explain what the podcast is. It takes me 12 to 18 minutes and I go off topic. And you could either listen to that as you're getting ready for bed or as you're in bed or while more and more now schools in session and university and stuff like that. Uh, you know, people study to this or code to this or, you know, a few people, hot paint drying hobbyists watch paint dry. 
you know, maybe the bespoke Zuba pants maker is uh, stitching away on the new new Zubas uh, for 2020. Nubas, uh, the Zuba pants that are new. New Zubas. uh. Okay, so there's an intro, then there's a business, then there's a a bedtime story. Tonight will be a recap of a Star Trek The Next Generation episode. And what what it uh, what that entails is if you've never seen it or you're not, you don't you don't watch Star Trek or you're unfamiliar, I'll be talking about it in a way that you won't you won't need to have watched it before. Or if you have, you'll say, "Scoots, did that really happen?" And uh, you'd say, "What Natasha Yar? Are you talk? Are you spinning Natasha Yarn?" And they'd say, "Natasha Yarn. That was actually that's the real name of uh, Noir Chardonnay." Uh, when I pretend I'm Noir Chardonnay undercover, that's my real name. Also, if you ever want to find me at a hotel, remind me to check in as Natasha Yar. Not, not Tasha, you know, it's different, but a little bit closer. Uh, yeah, believe me, I'll be wearing Zuba pants. Thanks for that question. So there's an intro, then I'll talk about Star Trek The Next Generation, a specific episode. Um, for about 45 minutes. This will be the second of a two-part episode, Redemption. I hope that's what it's titled. Uh, then uh, there's some thank yous at the end. So that's a structure show. A podcast is about an hour long. It's also a podcast you don't need to listen to. You can kind of listen. You can listen. I'm going to be here till the very end to keep you company if you can't sleep. It, but there's no pressure to listen on your end. You you don't need to. You you'll you might miss some stuff, uh, but you also you know, you say how many times can a person say Zuba pants in an intro? That's an, and I say is is there a Zuba pants podcast because that has good alliteration? It'd be better if it was Zeke's Zuba pants. Zeke's Zuba. I can't even say that. Uh, maybe not Zeke. Uh, uh, Zumba and Zuba. Uh, use a pants pod yeah because it could be co- i cover pants used in zumba classes zumba pants the perfect pants for zumba uh also i'm not exactly sure what zumba is uh i just seen ads for it i think it's like dance exercise but i'm not positive but in the case i'm picturing the zumba pants are pretty baggy so they may be good they're probably made of cotton though so maybe we'll have to update that Maybe our friends at uh, Sweat Chicago can uh, help us. And we'll, we'll totally corner that market uh, and start a new podcast, the Zumba 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 Pants Podcast. Uh, so, with this thing, uh, so oh, you don't need to listen. I think that you figured that out, huh? It made that pretty obvious. Uh, no pressure to listen. No pressure to fall asleep either. The show's an hour, so you could fall asleep as you drift off. I'm here to keep you company to walk at your side and to be here taking your mind off stuff and then you just drift away you see so you have the easy job but i know it's not really easy uh, but i do want you to get comfortable i do truly believe uh, you do deserve a good night's sleep and i can i can believe that for you if it's not easy for you to believe that uh, i'm here for you because i've been there and i know how it feels and i really want to help now, the other side of that is the podcast doesn't work for everybody, so give it a few tries and see how it goes. Uh, but most people, the regular listeners, uh, hundreds of thousands of people I've heard from say it takes two or three tries, and then they kind of say, oh, okay, I get it. This pod- I, get, I get what he means by superfluous tangent now. It took a little while, but he, he's he's full of it, that scoots. Uh, and uh, he's still, ch- I bet you right now, Scoots is trying to think of another way to shoehorn in Zumba pants. Uh, oh, they're Zumba pants. But it, anyway, maybe I'll, yeah. They say, oh, both of those are brands that you can't use those names, uh, sir. And I'd say, well, that's okay, because I was using a nonsense word about something I already forgot about. Like, that just barely sounded like, I, I don't know if I was saying Zumaphone or something earlier. And your products just came naturally flowing out of there. So anyway, if you're new, I'm glad you're here. If you're a regular listener, I'm glad you're back. Huh? Aren't you glad you're back at listening to this intro, getting cozy, uh, getting a little, you know, a little dose of nonsense? Uh, let me tuck in there. What do you want me to do with your feet? 
Okay, you got it. I'm here to help. I appreciate you coming by. I work very hard at your and I strive, and I'd really like to help you fall asleep. Uh, thanks again one more time for coming by. And here's a few of the ways we keep this podcast free for everybody. All right, everybody, it's time to talk about Redemption 2. No, that wasn't uh, the second Redemption Tour for your favorite 80s pop artist or 90s boy band. Uh, though it probably should have been, it could be, if you, you know, if, if I'm fully compensated. Oh, actually, you'd, be, you'd have to compensate. Uh, it's not the title of my episode, but you could just credit me with the idea and free tickets for the entire tour, which I know is, oh, no, but then I'd have, uh, never mind. How about just a friendly smile? Okay, this one opens. So this is part two. It's called Redemption 2. It, I don't know. Did anyone have an album, Redemption 2? Or was that a game? Uh, okay, so I'm distracted. So this starts off with last time, uh, because it's part two of the first episode, Redemption. I think I also wondered if they filmed this over, you know, apart from one another or as one episode. And I don't think I could find that online, uh, though I didn't dig too deep. Uh, we start off last time. We got Gowron. My pen ran out of ink here. Gowron, civil. Oh, so we got to prevent the civil's trouble with the uh, Klingons. You know, not many Star Treks start out with this next generation's ones. I was would speak with you, and they're like, "This is Duras's kid." Uh, we have. Uh, oh, we have. We have. Oh, we have Duras's heir. Follow us. Oh, Worf says, "I'll speak with you." It's Duras's dad. Then Duras's kid tore all. Toral, or Toral, Tor, I don't know, but follow me. Then some lasers, I think. Picard, ain't, can't do it. Honor returned. That's Worf uh, off of the off the ship. Uh, Enterprise out to Tasha Yar. Uh, do not discount Picard or humans. They appear at the most inopportune times. And now... I didn't look this up either because, you know, I do my research before I record uh, whose voice that was. Somehow I missed this page in my research. If you're a a patron and you see my notes, uh, usually a box, they put a box around the words I want to look up. uh, This one is just parentheses, whose voice is doing now the conclusion. Okay, it opens with trouble in space. We're on um, Kern's ship, Worf's brother's ship. Uh, Worf's like, withdraw. This is the first teaser of some subtle theming. He says, no way, man. Kern says, uh, chart a new course uh, right into that star. And somebody says, but sir, or something like that. Then there's two ships on their tail. They toss out words like corona and photosphere. Shields are failing. Maintain course, says Kern. I guess I thought Worf was going to be on Gowron's ship, uh, but now he's serving for Kern, who's, he shouldn't he be in charge? Just a question. Uh, let's see. Stand by. Uh, the two ships go, the two ships on their tail, they go right into, they don't make it through the photosphere. Aman Yak, Aman Yak, what does that say? Two ships at Amaniac. Let me look here. Uh, closing, they go into the sun. I have no idea what my handwriting says there. Two ships out at Amaniac. Enterprise. I don't know what it says. Maintain course, closing, whatever. They don't get there and they're out. They go into warp drive. Then we have Captain Picard meeting Stardate. He says we're at Starbase 234 and uh, meeting with the Fleet Admiral Shanti and some other, like, uh, higher-up dude. Riker's there. Guard's kind of making his case. Let's see. Riker watches. It's worth us watching the scene a few times just to watch Riker watching Picard. What does that say? Oh, Picard basically proposes a blockade. First, he's like, we got to intervene, but in a, you know, way that is allowed. And Admiral Shanti's like, no, we can't intervene. And uh, 
Curtis will uh, uh, concerns us all internal man, you know the whole thing from last episode, and uh, he says, "Well, if the um, who who are those called? The Romulans are involved. This is probably bigger. They think they're supplying them, and uh, they say using their cloaking devices. So we'll do a blockade. Well, how are you going to catch them? It looks like I said Tashin beans, but it's tachyon beams." Uh, Again, you got to watch this just for Riker watching Picard. And, I mean, that's really hard acting, like just having to be there silent and be in the scene the whole time. I think. I mean, I couldn't do that. I mean, I can barely I can't act. Tachyon beams, assemble your fleet, she says. Riker says, nicely done, which becomes another. I think this gets used at the tail end of the episode. And then the episode opens. We're like seven minutes into the show now. No, no, like it's, well, right now we're at 508. And I'm at 70 something. So that's funny. Then Captain's Log, uh, something says, hey, that was relatively painless. Um, uh, I think it's Ricard saying, well, we established our getting the command, oh, getting the permission was painless, uh, but implementing the plans aren't going to be easy. Gravitron, Riker, oh no, let's see, Jordy, Data, Riker, and Picard, 20 collapse, what does that mean? Oh, 20 ships, they're talking about assembling the ships for the blockade. He says, Jordy, can you do it with 20 ships? He says, more ships the better, and then Picard's like, okay, get, get those other three ships, uh, whatever, I, I don't know what they were called, uh. uh, better data find offering. Will and Jordy. Data five. Oh, data first officer. I, I don't know what the, but he says, uh, Riker, you'll command that ship. Jordy, you'll be his first officer. And then we get to kind of the BC plot, uh, which is uh, data stays behind. And he says, listen, I'm confused, uh, uh, commander. Oh, it looks like the Excalibur is the one that, uh, right. What, what better ship for Riker? Yeah, uh, but he says, Data says, uh, uh, why haven't I, why aren't I getting a ship to command? Uh, he goes, can I ask you a question? Personal in nature. And Picard goes, well, I need you here. Why? And he goes, well, you, there's not a lot of senior officers available. Yeah, I only got 26 years of experience, but if you don't think androids are ready to command, then maybe I should work on my performance. And Picard goes, go get in charge of the USS Donald Sutherland. Uh, that's a ship with some gravitas, uh, if I ever heard of one. And he goes, there's nobody nobody better suited than you until they name a ship after me. Then that'll be the most gravitas in a ship. Uh, so that's that scene. James, oh, uh, no one does it better. Something like, how does that scene end? Somebody says nobody does it better. May, oh, no better suited. No one better. It just made me think of that James Bond song, uh, Baby, You're the Best or whatever. But uh, he says no one better suited to the task than you. Uh, then we're at the big Klingon party. Oh, but, but, but it's a battle, post-battle party. We get a little Mike Haggerty. It's Larg, an actor everybody's probably familiar with. We'll talk about that maybe. Uh, Kura intros, oh, uh, what's his brother's name? Not Kura. He intros Worf to Larg. Larg's like, uh, they throw drinks around. And then Worf has to do multiple WTFs in this. He says, dude, what WTF? Uh, shouldn't we be working on stuff? And his, like, uh, Kern, that's his brother's name. He says, does it matter? And he goes, here we're all Klingons. Uh, he goes, he says, is there nothing in your heart but duty? And I said, hardy, har, har. Uh, I didn't even laugh till just now. And Worf goes, there's no, there, there, well, he goes, technically there's D-U-T-Y in my heart, but I'm not going to say there's duty in my heart because uh, then Scoots will have a, will have a go at it. Uh, uh, he goes, responsibility, Worf says, it's not duty. And he goes, what about glory? We can't think about stabilizers because Worf wanted to work on the stabilizers. Uh, 
son of Mooks, let's live this night like it was our last. And I think Worf tried to join in, but uh, then Lurse and Bator are watching, and they say, Worf's not like his brother. They say, no, he's trying, but he's not, you know, he's unsure of himself. Uh, and they say, maybe we could restore his confidence. Hubba, hubba, hubba. Oh, there's also Worf was uh, kind of, the camera had him in like this half light for a little while, which was cool. What does that say? Tomarnan Verde. Oh, tomorrow. Oh, that was the, I said, oh, that's like that Dave Matthews song. Because that kind of is what they're doing. Eat, drink, and be merry. You know, tomorrow we'll big farm it. Uh, another ship we see. Then we see Timothy Carhart, the actor. Uh, what is that? His Hobbs uh, something. I forget it. We'll find out his name. Don't worry. So Some name. If we trace this back, I wonder if, it's, like, this guy may have been on Facebook before every other uh, dude that knows everything. But Data rolls up. Uh, this scene kind of played out a little bit like a play. Uh, it, it just when I was, I've, I've watched this episode quite a few times and uh, requests. It, it, but it's a. Uh, so Data comes, he's command of the ship. Uh, Hobson, oh, a guy, that's the dude's name, Hobson. He's Christopher Hobson. I know, like, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about him in a bit. Uh, but Data says, I take command of this vessel, note the time and the date. Uh, dude says, I'd like to be transferred. Data says, why? He goes, I don't think I'd be a good first officer for you. Data says, you got a great record, uh, adequate record, I mean. And he goes, I mean, for you. And he says, I'm not big on androids being in charge, I'll be honest. And Data, really, I really enjoyed Data's commanding uh, and how it had imperfections. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, but, but he goes, request denied, dude. You get to work. And then if you thought Data had it rough, Picard's got O'Brien as his uh, bridge buddy. I don't know if O'Brien's the first officer, but... Uh, Picard said, okay, I mean, O'Brien does fine. I'm just giving him a hard, come on, O'Brien, I'm just giving you a hard time. Everybody uh, was like, O'Brien's on the bridge. Uh, you're sure staffed. O'Brien Comedy Cast, that's my other podcast. Uh, probably just, I'm just jealous of you, I'll be honest. O'Brien, so don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, but they're getting underway. Picard says, engage. Uh, so that's great. What else? So data goes to work. That was on the last scene. We see the armada, which is cool. Then there's an ad, ad break. Uh, what does that say? The phasers? The feigners? Uh, uh, oh, the sisters? Is that what that says? Uh, Josh tries to calm them. So I guess the next scene is like, uh, yeah, Batur says, uh, Romulans are late. Where's the supplies? Uh, and then Sela, she's Commander Sela. She says, uh, it doesn't matter. We, t- we took out Memphis system. We got Gowron. Uh, and the convoy will be here in due course. Uh, Lord just says, the Federation fleet left Starbase 234 for Klingon territory. Uh, 20 ships. They say, who's in charge? Picard. Sela goes, hmm. And Toral goes, what, are, what is going on? What and she goes, Sila, much like Picard, doesn't like you. She goes, silence the child. Uh, and uh, get the uh, uh, Romulans ready. Mova, Movar, Movar is her sidekick. Lorsa goes, well, 20 ships is a bluff. And Sila says, maybe, you, you know, but trust me, I'm uh, way more hyper-intelligent, I would say, Sila is. At least uh, strategically. What else do I have? Uh, perhaps. I don't know when that happens. They zoom on her when she says perhaps, though. Better leaders. Gowron has some dusty supplies. Uh, better leaders, you failed. Wharf, uh, we have to get to work. Uh, oh, so then the, the, we're at the Klingon meeting hall or whatever. And everybody's upset with Gowron. Or's trying to be an adult and uh, say, we got to get to work, work together, get to work, quit messing around with all this uh, 
is because this isn't a locker room. Uh, it goes save the arm wrestling for when we're already a victory. And no one really wants to listen. Worf's breaking up all this thing. Now we can continue. Then we just see a shot of Troy walking on the bridge. And then Picard and O'Brien are talking about subspace anomalies. Uh, Picard calls Riker. He says, time to spread the net or something. Oh, spread the net. Uh, can't really say that's undoing in that. Uh, a data ship, all stop. Uh, this dude is so, Hobson, he put the uh, pass, he's so passive aggressive. Uh, so let's see, all stop. Uh, so let's see, let's get there. He says, uh, tell him we're ready. Hobson starts giving out orders. Uh, uh, data says, he goes, yeah, we got a leak. Or data goes, why isn't the backup ready? He goes, we didn't test the backups. So then he starts, he says, Terry, get down to engineering. And Data goes, how come the phasers and the, everything's offline? He goes, and then Hobson ignores him. He goes, Keith, I want you. And then Data goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hobson, bruh. Yeah, it's inappropriate for you to determine a course of action without consulting me, a commanding officer. And then Hobson, I mean, really, this is like... uh like totally out of chain of command. He says, speaks back. He says, uh, I'm worried about the people on deck. Uh, uh, he goes, everybody belay those orders. Uh, what should we do, sir? And data says, this was one of the highlights of many one data says, okay, now that you're going through chain of command, just redo what you did, uh, and get back to work. Uh, which I loved. He said, oh, go ahead and do this, 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 the stuff you just said. But not in a way like a, like a, it's just great. Like, he makes me undo it and do it again. I love that he gives out the same orders. Uh, end scene. Oh, Data's face around 1845. He says, oh, I'm in a pickle here. They don't really have, they have a more, uh, they don't have a flashy bridge like the other, like the um, Enterprise, the Lux Bridge. Picard FaceTimes Jordy and Riker. He says, energize. Then we see the Romulan seal. Commander Tachyon emissions. Uh, it was something. Oh, coming from the fleet. They're scanning with Tachyon emissions. Uh, they'll find us. Uh, and Seela goes, figure out a solution. I'll have to convince uh, Picard by other means uh, that he should get out of here. Let's see, Romulan ship. Oh, then they say, hey, Romulan ships, this is O'Brien. Guard, Romulan ship just showed up. Uh, it's hailing us. Uh, and then there's like a WTF moment. So Picard uh, goes, put him on screen. And then he sees uh, Tasha, stands up. Uh, and then O'Brien looks up and sees her. And then he goes, uh, let me see what he says. He goes, Tasha? And she goes, nope, Commander Sela. I think then every person on the ship turned uh, uh, and looked. Uh, she goes, my mother was Tasha. And then there's like major drama music. And she goes, you got 20 hours to hit the road, Jack. Then we have Troy and Picard and uh, um, uh, uh, Crusher. And they say, what is it? Is this possible? No, unless it's a clone, not possible for her to be Tashiar's daughter. Could be a trick or something, but she's not lying. She thinks she's uh, her daughter. And uh, then they leave. He goes, thank you. Then he's alone. He pauses and thinks. You get a close-up. Then Guinan comes in. And he goes, geez, uh, she goes, yeah, news travels fast. Uh, and Picard goes, it's just a distraction. And she goes, you remember the Enterprise C? And Picard goes, Narendra 3. Uh, and she goes, well, what happened to the people left on that ship? Uh, they went to Romulus, Picard says, rumors. Uh, and again, he goes, nope, Tasha Yar was one of the people on that ship. Uh, and she made it to Romulus, and Picard goes, that was 23 years ago. She's only like 23, 26, so it's not possible. 
or 22, 20, you know, 24, 25, 26. And the guy goes, yeah, I know it's not possible or probably, you know, likely. Uh, but I do know she was on that ship and uh, she was an adult or, uh, yeah. And I think you sent her there. And Picard goes, nah, I don't think. And she goes, uh, I know that you did. I just know. Picard goes, you never even met her. And then he says, well, if you have a vague intuition. And she goes, no, 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 no. You can't dismiss this. If I'm right, uh, you gotta, you're responsible for the situation in some sense. Which I think is a little bit drastic, but maybe she was just trying to empower Picard. So Picard goes, time to meet this Commander Sela. Yeah, then, let's see, I lost my colors. Guinan, vague intuition. Oh, then we see Worf and Kern for the good of an empire. Is something, something, yo, what happened? So Worf and Kern are like, uh, Worf goes, we got to focus, man. What are you doing with oh, in this nonsense? And Gowron, too. And Kern goes, you chose Gowron, not me, man. Now you don't like him anymore? And he goes, no, no, it's just I want more photo. And Kern goes, don't speak about this. Uh, either follow him or don't. Uh, he's our leader. The time for debate is over. Maybe it was the wrong choice for you to put on that uniform. Uh, then Worf gets uh, some uh, lackeys take Worf for, for a visit somewhere. For the good of the Empire. Uh, something, something. Worf uh, no longer, uh, I don't know. The time for debate is over. Worf, okay, so then there's a commercial. Then Sela rolls in uh, uh, to to the ready room or the the conference hall on the Enterprise. They're both standing, kind of a little standoff. Eventually, Picard sits. First, uh, Sela's arms are crossed. A little Khalees gone, only question on my mind. So we'll go through the dialogue in a second. Uh, some point she sits on the table with her knee up and kind of tells her tale. And uh, she says, all that's left is Romulan. Dad, I'm full of them. 14 hours. And then Picard's thinking face. So she rolls in. She says, "What's some, what do we have to discuss? Uh, first, they, oh, they play a little chess game. Picard goes, oh, we're just here doing work. No intention. And she goes, oh, humanitarian work? And Picard goes, well, keeping external powers out of Klingon affairs. Uh, and she goes, well, you wouldn't have to do that anyway, because we could slip by you. You wouldn't even know it uh, unless you have a way to detect us. And she goes, but that's not really why we're here, is it? Uh, don't you want to know about Tasha, Yarby, and my mom? And Picard lays out, well, she was at, was it possible she was on the sea as an adult? Because she should have been a child, right? Uh, and she, they say, she goes, yeah, but she was 24 years ago, sent there by you from the future. And I've seen this episode. I think we covered it even. Maybe it was yesterday's Enterprise, and I'm not sure. It was one of those time, time Enterprise ones. Uh, and she goes, yeah, General, Romulan General fell in love with her, made a deal, and then I was born. Uh, and Picard goes, can I see your mother? She goes, no. She goes, one night when I was four, she wanted me to leave Romulan, Romulus, uh, and I said, this is my home. And uh, so I stayed with my father, more or less. And she, that's when she says, all's left Romulan. I never doubt that. Picard goes, doubts I'm full of that, but... Uh, he goes, I guess it sounds like it's true, but it's not going to affect my judgment. And she goes, 14 hours, use them wisely. Card thinking face. Uh, then but we see Bator kissing Worf, uh, who wakes up and says, let me give you a kissy poop. What? Uh, then they say, welcome, Sai. Yo, he sighs. Uh, what do you want? Uh, your family, oh, they say, well, why, why don't we work together? Uh, your family does not value honor. We could be friends. Uh, Toral need a, a firm guidance, and he's going to be a leader uh, no matter what. You could make Bator join us. Uh, and uh, and he goes, yeah, in a world without honor, where honor has no meaning. 
And then uh, Tasha, uh, uh, Sila calls and she says, dude, I don't got time for this. She must have been watching on FaceTime on mute. Uh, and she goes, I don't got time for this. I need the security protocols. Uh, uh, then we have Picard on the bridge. He says, uh, we must expose them, Gowron. Uh, so you got to make a move so that they make a move. Uh, and he says, uh, okay, uh, uh, what does he say? Um, very well. Somebody says that. And he goes, oh, by the way, Worf is with the Duras family now, you know, uh, not by choice. Get another Picard close-up. Uh, then Picard and Riker go over the game plan that to fake them out, uh, to fake Seal out. They're going to make a fake gap uh, to trick them. Uh, then we go to Seal's ship. Her ship has some cool neon on it. So if you like neon, join, you know, if you like neon, you like Romulans. Uh, Romulans, we like neon too. Uh, they say she's with meeting with her advisor, Mo, Mo, Movar or whatever. So they find out, the, you know, everybody's making their moves. Uh, and she says, do you have an idea of how to deal with this? He goes, yeah, big pulse, and we can disable their network. And then she says, okay. And they say, hey, wait a second. One of the ships ran out of gas, uh, and they got to redeploy. There's an opening in the net. Uh, and at first, Sela says, oh, wow, not enough ships. Uh, and he move, move our, says, let's move our uh, and she goes, no. And he goes, well, it's what we're waiting for. And she goes, yes, yeah, so does Picard. He's giving us what we need. He expects us to take it. Uh, and she goes, we'll send an energy burst where the android is uh, in command. So that happens. Uh, do we have a way through? Pulse. Uh, yeah, we want to block off. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, go. Oh, it's go time now. Oh, wait. Oh. Nine five. Uh, I don't know what, what any of that is. Uh, oh, that was Sela. Uh, she says that that's where they send the tachyon disruptor. Touch. Uh, call the Sutherland. They say. Oh, the, the O'Brien says. Yo, there's. A, it's all disrupted. They call data in the Sutherland. He says, "Yes, sir." Ten million kilometers of. Uh, non-detection and Picard says oh boy we better fall back uh he goes because uh yeah that he goes they're gonna go through we'll fall back we'll reestablish a new net which doesn't seem like the best move in my opinion i mean maybe it's just buying them time to outthink which happens and hobson says okay everybody we're supposed to go to gamma edron and data says okay uh get the course ready and then Data stands up, he goes to the computer. Uh, let's see, this is a great, great uh, couple of scenes. Even in my notes, used to strong words to describe this guy. So Data goes to the computer. The guy sits at his side, looking at what he's doing, like he's in, like, holy mackerel. And uh, he goes, what are you doing? And Data goes, well, he goes, the tachyon, there may be a residual tachyon signature. And he goes, well, we don't have a way of detecting it. Uh, and Data goes, I'll stop. Uh, and the guy goes, sir, the fleet's been ordered to Gamma, Edward, whatever. Uh, and Data goes, if we don't do this now, uh, it'll be too late. Uh, reconfigure the sensors, ion particles. The guy still has something to say. Uh, he goes, uh, sits at his side, I'll stop. Uh, he goes, uh, uh, oh, yeah, the area's flooded with tachyon particles. We'll never find it. Data goes, I'm aware of the difficulties. Uh, the phaser's on. And the guy goes, what about the three decks? Uh, Data goes, we'll do, take care of that when it's easier. And this guy reminded me a lot of Facebook. I said, was this guy on Facebook before it was invented? Uh because he, his next couple of things, I've seen, like, uh, uh, the splainers. I mean, this guy was, like, splaining before it was a thing. He says, you know, he's projecting a meaning on the data that's irrelevant. He says, you don't care about the people on the ship. Uh, we're not machines. Uh, and potato, I was a potato. I don't know why I said that, but data goes, uh, Hobson, carry out your my orders or I'll relieve you of duty. 
And he goes, not to do, you know, not that kind. You know, he goes, the D-U-T-Y. And he goes, yes, sir. But he said, it was great. You should definitely rewatch this. Then Captain, oh, O'Brien says, Captain, uh, to Picard, Sutherland's not coming. Picard goes, call him. Then Hobson says, Enterprise is calling. And Data goes, sweep maximum range. And he goes, aren't you going to answer the call? And Data just ignore Like, this is how you're supposed to do it, too. You just ignores it. He goes, okay, overlay the display, highlight any signatures, concentrate a sensor sweep. Uh, still, just like commenters, he says, this is pointless. These readings could be anything. No way to Ferris to figure this out. And Data goes, okay, reconfigure for level six. Uh, the guy goes, level six. Uh, and the data goes, do it, uh, but very strongly, like uh, in a command, as a commander. Uh, then the guy goes, okay, I'm ready. He goes, like, uh, but Picard's calling. And then Picard says, do it, data. Hey, what's up? Uh, and data goes, stand by and get ready, Hobson. And Hobson goes, don't you hear? Uh, Picard's calling. And data goes, uh, go, go. And, uh, yeah, do this brief days of data aces it all. Do it, uh, something. Uh, but then they detect the convoy. The data stands, uh, they, they say, uh, oh boy. Hobson goes, they're, bu- they're ha- oh, Muvar goes, Sila, we're busted. Uh, and she goes, let's get out of here. Oh, and that's when Muvar says, they need this convoy. Otherwise, they can't win. And she goes, it's six over. Uh, and they go, uh, Muvar says, what should I tell Lursa and Bator? She goes, they're on their own. Uh, then Hobson says, okay, they're headed back. Data goes, make a full report. Uh, take phasers offline, clean things up. And then Hobson's fully been, he goes, yes, sir, Captain. And if I was Data, I'd say, too late, dude. Uh, you're, go- you're like, uh, you're going to be cleaning, uh, cleaning the, uh, latrines for the next six months yeah but data's probably nicer than me uh, where are we uh, data stands heading back make full report yes sir captain data pauses he likes it uh Toral is it he's like we're in trouble we're defeated where are the romulans uh new cape uh, Toral in wharf's care Worf takes over Sister's Ditch. Oh, so the Sister's Ditch Toral as Worf takes over. Uh, Toral goes, how come the Romulans never came? Uh, So Worf takes over. Yeah, and that's it. Then, uh, oh, Toral, Worf Worf is in command. Then Kern breaks in. He says, hello, Toral, Toral, Toral. Uh, then we have captain's log, personal, personal log, by the way, 450, 25.4. Regard goes, yeah, we got it. Gowron's victory. We're at the cooling on the home world. Well, I'm going to do a full report. Then Regard's in his, his data says, can I come in? Uh, you know, I know I disobeyed an order. Even, you know, ends don't justify the means. And Picard goes, no, they don't. Uh, but I also can't have people flying, just just following orders blindly without knowing the situation. He goes, they noted it in your record. And Data goes to leave. He goes, Mr. Data, nicely done. And Data goes, great, sir. Yeah, then, nicely done, smile. Oh, Picard smiles. Uh, that was nice. Oh, then we see a Klingon life fixture for a little while. Uh, Gowron says, great report, Picard. Uh, one last matter to attend to. They bring Worf and Kern come in, then Toral. And they say, Toral, you're busted. And Toros goes, Duras family's good rules. Uh, and uh, Gowron says, not today. He goes, Worf, uh, this is the family that took your honor. I give you Toral. And War says, I prefer not to traditionally take Toral to the big farm. And uh, they go, this is our way. Even Kern says, it. that's the Klingon way. And uh, this is, cl- cl- 
this is, you know, just classic, uh, great, I don't know, great character. Worf goes, I know, but it is not my way. Great acting. Goes, he hasn't done anything, and I can't make him totally responsible for his family. And then they say, well, Kern's going to have to do it. Uh, one of the, this is actor, the, oh, Gowron reminds me of the, uh, this SCT. We'll talk about it. Uh, the real actor is Robert O'Reilly. But uh, Worf says, no, this is, they say, well, Kern could take tour. Worf goes, no, 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 he's uh, mine. Just, uh, you know, put him in whatever. Uh, he goes, I'm sparing him. And then uh, Gowron goes, as you wish. And then Worf turns to Picard goes, uh, permission to return to duty, sir. And Picard says, granted. And then they walk off together. So great end of the episode. So really good stuff. Now let's run through some notes here. One thing was Tasha Yar reminding me of this game that I don't think I ever played called Yar's Revenge. Uh, and I'll link to it. It was for the Atari 2600 and the Game Boy Advanced uh, and Game Boy Color. And it just always had really cool uh, album art cover, like a little bit like a, a fly. Uh, oh, wait, I can't say that. I just always thought it had really cool album cover. Uh, so I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, but uh, that's a game, Yar's Revenge. This episode could have been called, I guess it's not Yar's Revenge, uh, but uh, another uh, great uh, comedian that Gowron reminded me of, uh, uh, someone that I grew up kind of watching and really influenced me. I guess I was watching it on repeat, uh, is Joe Flaherty. Uh, from SCTV, the Canadian sketch uh, TV show and group. Uh, he's also been on a lot of other things. Um, he was also on National Lampoon uh, Radio Hour. And he's, he's been in movies. Uh, he was in uh, Back to the Future Part Two, uh, Happy Gilmore. He's played other, other children, but uh, he's on Freaks and Geeks. Uh, but he's just one of my favorite comedians uh, from watching those repeats of SCTV that I'll probably have to repeat again. Then anytime I hear Convoy, I think of uh, the song Convoy being sung by like Homer Sim, uh, by being sung by Homer Simpson. But I said, who? What is Convoy? It's a 1975 novelty song, according to Wikipedia. So for all, everything's been from Wikipedia. Uh, performed by C.W. McCall and uh, voiced by Bill Freeze uh, and Chip Davis as a character, C.W. McCall. It, but it hit number one on country and pop charts, uh, and it's considered one of the 100 greatest country songs of all time. It uh, has CB dialogue, CB slang in the chorus, uh, something, something, great big convoy trucking through the night or something like that. And I don't know, when they talk about it, it just reminded me of that. Let's see where else it's been. It's been remade a few times. A lot. Uh, and uh, Paul Brandt version, there was a Christmas convoy. I don't see any mention of it in The Simpsons, but I know it was in there. I can hear Homer singing that. But I'm, I'm almost positive. Uh then these lyrics came up, uh, join us. Uh, this, my daughter's been big on uh, Pippin. So this is from the musical, musical Pippin. Uh, join us, leave your fields to flower. Uh, join us, leave your cheese to sour. Uh, join us, uh, come and waste an hour or two. Do, doodly do. A journey, journey to a spot exciting, mystic, and exotic. Uh, a journey through our antidotic review, antidotic review. We've got magic just for you. We've got miracle plays to play. We've got parts to perform and hearts to warm. Kings and things to take you by storm as we go along our way. And that's uh, from Musical Pippin. If you're big into 70s style musicals like Hair, uh, I think you should definitely check out Pippin. Uh, I, I haven't seen it. I've, I've listened to the cast album uh, but I have not seen the musical, but my daughter has seen it twice, and she loved it. A local, just a local small version of it. Yeah, but we all know there's no small performers. Uh, 
What about, I, had, I went over to memoryalpha.fandom.com, you know, the Memory Alpha wiki, uh, to find out about the rules around cloning and stuff in uh, Star Trek. Uh, you know what clone means. Uh, but then I said, what is the legal, there was the Dominion, they did it a lot. Uh, this must have been an uh, episode I haven't seen. William Riker claimed that 100 or 100,000 Rikers, uh, if he was cloned, would diminish his status. Yeah, that's from the episode Up the Long Ladder. Then uh, the Romulans did make a, a Jean-Luc Picard version. I haven't seen this episode either. Uh, wait, is that in is the Romulans? Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, though. You'd think there would, I guess, I, know, I thought it'd be more clear on the law that it was outlawed or something. A couple other uh, performers in this episode that you'd probably recognize. Uh, one was Timothy Carhart. He played the uh, splainer. Uh, he's been on, like, a lot of CBS dramas, but he, I don't know where I recognize him from. Maybe Thelma and Louise or Beverly Hills Cop 3, or maybe I've just seen this episode so many times. Uh, but he really does a great job of being. Uh, not, like someone you don't root, you don't do not root for. Uh, he's done a lot of guest starring though: uh, Quantum Leap, uh, X Files, Midnight Caller, Empty Nest, Roseanne, Law and Order, L.A. Law, uh, TV movies, CSI, uh, Twenty Four. Uh, yeah, lots of stuff. So, judging Amy Frazier. So uh, he was in the Ghost Ghostbusters. Uh, uh, so he's been in a lot of things. Oh yeah, he's been in a lot of movies. Uh, so he's somebody you recognize. A working girl, Pink Cadillac, Hunt for Red October, Air Force One. Uh, so it's just someone I ha- had to look up. And then Mike Haggerty. Now this is someone. Holy, you recognize him? He played. Uh, I forgot who he played. The, not like the uh, somebody that was working with the Duras family, like the head of one of the Duras uh, groups. Uh, but he's an American actor. He's he was on Friends. Uh, he's on Curb Your Enthusiasm, Martin Cheers, Wayne's Brothers, Wonder Years, uh, Seinfeld, Carlin Show. They uh, started in the Second City. He's known for his Chicago accent and his thick mustache. Uh, more recently, he's been on the Goldbergs, Back in the Day, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, Entourage, uh, Desperate Housewives, uh, Deadwood, ER. He's been in movies. Uh, you definitely recognize him. He's got that very thick. He has cr- creaky dull, he has creaky dulcet tones, no doubt about it. Uh, so just another person I want to point out. I think that's it. I, I, uh, oh, you want to know more about the musical Pippin? Yeah, let me look that up for you. Sorry about that. Okay, just shot over to Wikipedia again. Pippin is a 1972 musical. Uh, Stephen Schwartz and Robert, uh, Robert Roger O. Herson, uh, Bob Fosse directed the original Broadway production and helped on the book. Uh, it uses the premise of a mysterious performance troupe. Uh, to tell the story of Pippin, a young prince uh, searching for meaning and significance. Uh, now, it happens during Charlemagne, because I thought, when you hear the music, you say, okay, when does this take place? Uh, it takes place in the Middle Ages. The uh, show is pro- financed by Motown Records. Uh, it's the 36th longest-running Broadway show. Oh, Ben Vereen was in it, uh, and Patina Miller. Uh, there was a 2013 revival. It was conceived as a student musical titled Pippin, uh, and it was performed by Carnegie Mellon's uh, Scotch and Soda Theater Troupe. Uh, and the Wikipedia article breaks out the plot, which I said I don't want to uh, infringe on. It does, uh, newer productions might have an extended uh, ending. So Pippin was written to be performed in one act, and its single act structure does not accommodate easily an intermission. Many times, of course, it is broken into two acts. And there's currently a two-act version out there licensed by Music Theater International. And the intermission comes after Morning Glow, uh, which uh, that's uh, as an act one finale. 
And the 2013 Broadway revival is performed with an intermission. So there you go. A little bit about Redemption 2 and uh, ending with Pippin. Uh, good night.